0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie. I am your host. And I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you to those places where you have those aha moments and those mastermind meetings that can change your trajectory or at least bring you a little bit closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. I don't come to you from some $25,000 Hollywood quality studio. I'm here in my living room in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, known to some as the hottest city in America. And... We are going to have a conversation today about that perennial topic, branding. I get a lot of folks who want to come on the Business Creators Radio Show and discuss branding, and I can't accommodate all of them because there's only so much to be said about it. So when I see somebody who approaches us and has something that is really unique and is definitely something you should have a pad of paper and two pens out for to capture those aha moments, I rush them to the front of the line. and. That is what you're going to experience today when you get to know Zachary Coleman. He is the founder of Creative, which is a successful grit-focused branding agency and expert in personal and corporate branding. He's helped countless professional athletes, personal brands, and athletic-driven corporate brands build mindsets and help them build their brands around community. This is a piece of the unique approach that we're going to be discussing here. Zachary Coleman, come on in. The weather's fine
2: nice to meet you you did it perfect perfect job there i I love the introduction i
1: appreciate it i even pronounced your company's name right you did you did oh i i got 100 for the day i can quit early yeah
2: yeah you know Uh, what you know i like to say off the bat a lot of people get it wrong but you know what they remember it after they get it wrong the first time so you got it right so hopefully you remember it
1: yeah as long (laughs) as your company doesn't have the words to I I really struggle with the word susceptible for some reason. So uh, yeah, so I read off your official bio. So impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here and this is my show, but what we like to do before we get into our conversation about this approach to branding is turn it over to you for a moment and pull back the curtain. Tell us a bit in your own words about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll try to keep it uh, as short as possible. I could go on for uh, 100 hours probably about my story because I think we all have countless hours of stories we could we could share with the world. But, uh, you know, me personally, uh, you know, I grew up with the NFL. My, my dad was an NFL player uh, years before I was born, and I took up soccer to be just like him growing up. And, uh, you know, honestly, I wasn't too great at it. I was always that guy that would take people out all the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, And um, I got to a point uh, throughout high school where I realized that um, I needed to follow my own path and uh, not just try to follow in my father's footsteps. See, I had this problem of feeling very unseen and unheard throughout my young adult life. Uh, I used to throw all the parties. I used to just I, I, I tried to buy love. You know, I tried to buy Uh from people and, uh, you know, from a subconscious level, I think that's what put me into the field of communications and branding. Because at the time as I was kind of going through, uh, finding a school, figure out what I wanted to do. I just found this fascination with visual communications. I just found this fascination that you could display who you are, how you wanted to represent yourself through Communicating visuals through messaging and and all that fun stuff. And you know, it took me a few years to realize that, but you know, I've always loved it. I've I I've always loved building things. And you know, I went through this whole journey of going to like a lot of people. You know, I uh, especially in the entrepreneur world uh, where I job lot I I, I job hopped. Uh, and it wasn't until recently when I kind of went through my my next, what I call rebrand focus, that I realized that that was just a reason because I, I just wasn't happy. It had nothing to do with money. I just, I just wasn't happy. I learned everything I possibly could at every single business I was at within three months. And I never wanted to settle. I wanted to do more. I wanted to learn more. And I had this one job at the Phoenix Suns, and I remember... Um, specifically going through my, my early twenties, uh, rebranding period myself that I, uh, you know, I had a lot of anxiety. I, I, I drank a lot. I threw a lot of parties, you know, I, I had a lot of fun and though there's nothing wrong with going out and having fun. I tended to use, um, use substances like alcohol is a way for me to diminish, um, and, and, and hide certain things in my life. And when I got my first job at the Phoenix suns, it was one of those situations where, uh, funny enough that I went into, into it right during the, literally the same day, uh, I started that job. I, I, you know, my, my now beautiful wife left me. Um, I was going through, you know, that party phase and she didn't want to be around that. And I started off at the suns with a very bad first impression very bad first impression so, though I was I was great at what I did I was awesome working there that first impression lingered on for I think almost a year and a half before I, I I finally slowly got out of that first impression phase, and it was funny. I remember my boss even noticed that she would you know sit me in the back and she'd be like, "I'm we're gonna send this from another designer and see what you know some of the the marketing managers think." And they would always love it, but when I send it, they wouldn't. And it had something to do with that first impression, right? And then I moved on to Pearson. Loved working for Pearson in the educational sector and helping colleges. Uh, bring in students and I was an art director slash creative director there. So I was a little bit on the higher end and working with smaller designers with certain projects. Uh, but I got a honeypot syndrome over there. I got this, you know, really good boss. And then I got a mediocre boss and then I got a, what I call a bad boss. Uh, um, and she just wasn't a, she wasn't a great leader. There was a lot of leadership issues with that third round and, and their, their pivot and what they were doing. And so I eventually made the decision I had this opportunity to fly out to New York City, do an intern, do it a uh, not really an internship, but a, a, like a gig uh, to work for American Express. It was like a designer's dream, right? Let's go to New York. Let's spend you know six months. I turned it down because of my fear of my just my fear of of what would happen after that. It was twice as much money, but I turned it down anyway. I tried to get it back uh-huh. a week later. They said no, and so that actually, now looking back, it was actually a pivotal point in my life, because it's actually what pushed me to go out on my own. And because I had such a passion for education, and um, the athletic side, you know, I didn't just take up working out as a way of meditation for myself to get me past some of those hurdles and to evolve myself. um, I kind of, followed in my dad's footsteps in a different perspective, right? And so um that goes to show you that, you know, you set set you're set yourself a path and a goal of where you kind of want to go in life and somehow it follows. And so even though I didn't go the route the same direction that he thought I would, I still not him purpo- purposely, but you know, me in general thinking going through that direction compared to the other. And so I it it's just slowly evolved. You know, I'm not saying there isn't any heartaches uh going about a year and a half ago probably was the next phase. I kind of not feeling seen and not feeling heard led me to start growing a business where I wanted just that, right? I was over serving. I was looking at those numbers on a screen as kind of my, my way of being like, Oh, people will see me as successful if I Mm -hmm. make all this money and do this. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago uh, as my, my, three youngest children, well, two and one more on the way started to, uh, grow up that I started to realize I don't need to be validated anymore. I've evolved past that point. And it was the same hurdles, same time in the same period as when I needed to evolve my business. Um, and so funny enough, I was going through a double whammy, you know, I was like, oh, well now I don't need to be, uh, deal with this fear of being seen and heard. Uh, I can be seen and heard. My, my family loves me. I don't need to over people. And so I've been starting to evolve myself, and through that came starting to be like, well, I can actually work better if I spend more time on myself and with my family, work smarter. And so I've kind of started to evolve that into my ecosystem with my team, um, so that I could actually start building a team towards the evolved me, towards my rebrand, and, you know, doing what we all really thrive for. And that's how I came up with my three C's of branding, uh, connection, contribution, and confidence.
1: Wow, well, let's kind of start there then. That's quite a story. I'm not even going to attempt to comment on it because that's really powerful, except for one thing. Um, you mentioned the whole idea of buying love and all mm-hmm. too often, isn't that what we see branding become? I mean, you could
2: say that from a, uh, from a bad perspective. I like to go back to my reference of first impression. You know, everyone says they don't judge a book by its cover, but everyone does. So yeah. It's like me at the Suns. you know, it, it was a good example of, Hey, if I came in with the first impression, things would have been different. And so, uh, you know, I I think it doesn't. I don't think branding is really. I, I would say necessarily buying love. It's really representing yourselves and it's representing yourself on who you truly are as a person. And if people go for it, they go for it. If they don't, they don't.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think you're you're pretty uh, clear on that. So, uh, you know, we're gonna just kind of go through things. You gave us a few points to cover and we're going to get to all of those Uh, i'm not sure exactly in what order but i'm having a lot of fun here and i like to sometimes really start by just defining terms you mentioned the three c's i'd love it if you could elaborate on that i love acronyms i love lists that start with the same letter uh so please please enthrall me
2: yeah well Confidence, contribution, and connection, right? I feel like mm-hmm. all three of those combined is what would, e- to me, equals a community brand. And I don't look at community brand as, you know, someone that's opening a nonprofit or trying to, you know, go help the homeless. Though those are are important. Um, I say community is much more towards the, uh, an individual set of people. It doesn't have to be two. It doesn't have to be 100. It doesn't have to be a million. But a, a group of people that sync. You know, it's, it's a sense of the sense of you as a leader and your leadership team sync with your doers and the rest of the team on the internal side, but so does your customer. So does your team. And I think that's something that, you know, the world as social media has started to expand and grow has kind of gotten lost. You know, there's so much Mm -hmm. transactional stuff going out there right now that I feel like community is kind of somewhat gone out the window. And in reality, that community is what we all thrive to want is, like you said, being liked, being loved, um, having people that we can contribute to. And so back to the three C's, right? And I'll start with the most important one, which is confidence. And this story... This story really arises from me and my confidence, right? I was not being seen and heard. I lacked the sense of confidence in myself. You know, like I said, I I, I was looking at this invisible number on a screen and I kind of lost my why, so to say. I, I you know, grew a business to a certain point. And I was like, we're doing all these different things and I was over serving and I wasn't, you know, confident in myself because I couldn't really portray myself the way I thought we wanted to be betrayed because I was worrying about that dollar on the screen. And so I really had to sit down and and be like, all right, I need to start building confidence with myself because if I'm not able to build confidence within myself, then how am I supposed to lead other people and, and, and lead a vision to. Where our company is going. And so I had to take a step back and be like, all right, how do you lead? How do you feel, build confidence in yourself? Well, you, you get back to the things that you love to do that kind of help you bring back that creative juice and who you are as a person and stop just sitting behind a desk and, and thinking that, Hey, if I spend 80 hours at this, this is going to work. Right. And so yeah. it's the power, it's the power of it, it, it's confidence. It's the power of yourself. And it's one of those things that's going to be ongoing as you, as you grow as a, as an individual and as a person. Uh, but I had to build confidence in myself. I had to start saying, Hey, you know what? Like, I can't take every single phone call. I have to start time blocking my time and not over-serving just my clients, but over-serving myself in the way that uh, I think my business should run. And I had to start taking a step back and saying, all right, well, I'm going to start dedicating time back into the gym. I lost it. I had three kids. I was trying to run a business. Me and my wife were taking care of these kids at the same time as running a business. And I kind of lost that confidence. And so as I started to rework my time and rework my efforts in that area, I started to realize, hey, I want to work smarter, not harder. So I started to get away from delegation. I started to hire people more around this culture of confidence and and leading by example. So I made sure every single person I brought on, I made sure I either had systems or something that I've already done or I have enough control over uh, from the aspect of I've done it that I can find someone better to do it. And so right. I started doing that. I started bringing this confidence to myself and that confidence funny enough from that first impression standpoint is probably that, that pillar of the three C's that has this waterfall effect, right? Cause the more confidence you build in yourself, the more momentum you build, the more synced you are with your team, the more teammates you bring on that really match your vision the more the better your communication is with your audience if it be visual audio messaging whatever it is and then that turns around and that confidence first impression shows in everything that you do and so now you're you're kind of you' you're taking that confidence and, and building it back upon yourself so it's this ever growing thing I have this funny superpower where I can tell uh, uh the how good leadership is by the I'm not going to say quality but the uh by their marketing by their marketing and their the collateral that they do. And I'm like, oh, this person took no time in their marketing, which means that they don't really value getting to know their customer and getting to know what they're doing. They're just trying to spray the wall and and, and have probably low retention, bad customer service. And you can tell just by the way you first are represented that first impression, right? And so that confidence is by far probably the most important thing that I think a lot of people should really utilize get into that that grit and the perseverance more so than the uh what is it called the uh Gary v talks about it a lot working the 80 hour weeks and trying to beat your yeah. competitors it's like i'd rather work smarter I'm not saying do everything ai but i'd i'd rather build confidence off of figuring certain things out that can help mm-hmm. me internally you know so yeah confidence is so important um
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholehearted wholeheartedly, and, you know, you can hustle for a while, but you burn out on it. Like, uh, one thing I discovered about myself is the idea of working a standard 9-to-5, 40-hour uh, work week is not going to work with me. Um, I go in cycles. Like, right now, I'm about to enter a cycle of several days of of hyper Uh, hustle and uh, getting a ton of stuff done. But then after that, I'm going to go into a cycle of uh, wanting to lay off for a few days and having just come to accept that that's authentically part of how I operate is has been very powerful.
2: That is powerful. You find you, you know, I think that comes back to that comes back actually comes to the next pillar, which is the connection pillar, right? Yeah. What do you what do you personally value? like a a lot of personal brands and to see yourself, I mean, so many people out there, they want to be represented like those, those large brands out there. And they want to build these, these brands and, and say, Hey, I'm a corporate brand. I can do this. When in reality, it's like, no, did you know these corporate brands are trying to be more human? So why don't, why don't you as an individual learn to connect with yourself, build authenticity and figure out what you personally value in life. If you personally value working five days straight and then taking a week, uh, a week off, then that's the way you like to run things. That's you. That's you. You're connected with yourself enough to understand that that's okay. And that's how I want to live my life. And well, those connection that that connection comes down to your values right what do you value in life me personally i'm very big on i'm very big on integrity perseverance progressiveness so i made sure all of my personal values uh sort of started to translate into my brand values that that's that's my values i am the leader of my company as a ceo as a director of marketing as a director of operations whatever leadership role you're in you are kind of that 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 face and that personality that makes the business the way it is and so the business is going to showcase like you it, it just is. It's the outcome of the business and how it performs is going to be on you. And so you have to represent yourself like you are as a person. And so smaller, larger, no matter what, where you're at, you kind of have to look at that. And like I said, me personally, I tell all my employees, I'm like, when we go through the hiring process, I want them to have some sort of personal development situation going on like that's why i said we're athletically driven we like to work with those types of people and so i tell them i'm like hey you're going to be more passionate about what you write about what you talk about what we do but you're also going to be able to get your personal time in and what you love to do and so i let them dedicate eight hours of their 40 hour work week to personal time no matter what that that be if it be going to the gym if it be going for bike rides one of my employees lifts it up you know ride horses. And so, uh, I feel like their, their output becomes that much smarter and, and, you know, better that way. And that's just my values. And so I, I connect personally, not just with myself more, but I start to connect with like-minded people, which at the end of the day, that's what branding really is, right? It's connecting with, people, if it be first impression, if it be this, the psychological counterpart of the demographic, right? It's like, I want to work with these types of people because I know them. I know their pains. I know their sufferings. I know what they want to do every day. Um, and it just makes it that much easier for me to actually go in and do that. And so a connection by far, uh, is probably the, i not, I'd say confidence is the one that's out the most important, but I say connection with yourself and with other people is probably a near second. It's probably something that you should be focusing on probably hand in hand with the confidence pillar. But, you know, these are all the intangibles you need to build a great brand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Now another thing that you shared with me is this whole concept of how to go from a me to a we To an us.
2: Yes. Yes. I love this. It's kind of my title. It's kind of the title of the whole process, right? So I saw this huge correlation between uh, business growth, business growth and brand growth, right? So, you know, you have so many personal brands that try to be corporate, but you don't need to be. And I say, that's a me, right? I think at the very beginning stages, you are a me. You're trying to figure out yourself. You're trying to connect with yourself. You're trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, figure out who am I going to contribute to? Like, where do I want to go? You try 80 things, you 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 start building confidence in certain things and that, you do that all by yourself. Um, and then you get to a, a, a we. And that's that's really when you start bringing in teammates and you come to the realization that we are a brand, not I am a brand. We are a brand. Me and my team are the brand of the organization. Now to really get to an us to really get to an us status and that's what a community brand really is is us. It's not just you and your team, but it's you your teams and your customers. Y- you want your customers to find you to be uh not you know from a marketing perspective, you could just say, oh a quality lead but from your perspective, uh-huh. you could say, hey, they're in sync with our brand. they want to buy our product they want to come to our our service because they they relate. To us and our brand. And that is really what makes you uh really a community brand at the end of the day is that everyone's aligned with the brand, not just you and your leadership mm-hmm. team, not just your not just your your internal team, but the external customers that you bring in. Because the one metric that I feel like everyone disregards, everyone's so so big and, and fascinated with oh, I need to get a million calls this week. It's like, no, you don't. No, No. you don't. (laughs)
1: Please. No, not a million calls. No, Uh, not
2: not a a million. I don't need a million calls. Bring me, bring me, you know, 10 calls. Let me meet 10 people a month. That's all I really need. That's a, that's a good one. Right. But it's retention. You know, I'd say, I'd say products, uh, if you're a product, I think retention is the biggest thing that they disregard. But I say from a service perspective too, depending on of course, which type of service or product you're providing, uh, you know, retention is probably the biggest metric you can have. And your your champion clients, they're going to keep purchasing from you if and be part of your community and even pay more or less, depending on your structure, of course, based uh-huh. off of how much they relate and how much they 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 feel your pain and your suffering and and they understand where you're at and they understand your voice and and they understand like be our part of this brand and
1: that at the end of the day is what gets you to an us brand yeah i i i i'm totally with you on that now you mentioned uh, the thing about building retention and i want to pivot to that a little bit because uh, one of our one of our clients, um, Chris Mullins, who's a creator of the Intake Academy, uh, she works with law firms to help them develop their intake strategies, and a lot of this has to do with team building, hiring processes, and retention. When it comes to The intake team of the law office. When somebody calls in asking for a consultation, that person who answers the phone the first time, uh, how they transition them to the appointment with the attorney, how they become the point of contact when that person becomes a client. And one of the things that I've heard her recommend on some of her podcasts is that you share, is that you celebrate the intake team. Uh, Using law firms as an example, so often, they want to feature the managing partners, the founder, the founder emeritus, the associates, and then put them on a big page where they're all ranked and the size of their picture depends on uh, how much buy-in they have and what percentage of the firm uh, they're leveraged into, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the recommendation is to actually highlight – I mean, yeah, you certainly want to spotlight your 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 talent team, which is your attorneys, but also make heroes – out of the intake team that means the administrative staff the first point of contact uh the client liaisons and get it to the point where they have their own fan bases where people who want to engage with that law firm actually get excited about hey um i love zach over there in um over there in intake he's my man and zach actually gets his own following which then accrues to that law firm's brand and reputation
2: yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast and they're your they're your client, but I think that's a beautiful example of a, a community brand. Yeah, I feel like found they found that that spot of being able to understand, hey, this we're all in this as a team, we're all doing this together, and we need to highlight every single position and every single person as, uh, uh and give them kudos or praise. For the things that they're doing for this company, because we are all a brand, we're all part of that stepping ladder. And I think a lot of companies fail, fail at that. They fail yeah. at that. And that is, that, that's the first thing I, I think it's really common. I think it's really common too in, in that perspective in the acquisition, the, the, you know, the acquisition, team or the intake team, that uh, you get so many miscommunications between, you know, the sales department in the, in the operations department, like those lawyers could be coming in and being like, Oh, like, what are you talking about? We don't do, we don't do, uh, you know, uh, this type of lawsuit. We do this type of lawsuit. Why are you accepting them as a client? Why are you bringing them in? You know? And so uh-huh. I think they've done a good job from a branding perspective to look at that and say, Hey, let's give these people kudos, but it helps build this camaraderie of people to be like, I know they, they feel, they feel like they're doing a positive thing for the company by being bringing in the right people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 if, and just to take that just one step further, one of the things that truly effective law firms do is have a segue out for clients who don't fit. So let's say you're. It, a law firm claims to be um, a generalist law firm, but their real niche is personal injury. But somebody somebody comes to them because they want to have a contract written. Well, it's not just going to be a matter of that person, you know, downloads their free report or gets their free copy of their book and goes into a marketing funnel that sends a series of emails or maybe goes multivariate with chatbots and texts and what have you. And then they just drop off when they don't have a personal injury need. But it actually is designed to capture them and find out that what they're really looking for is a lawyer to help them draw up a contract. So that firm will then have a relationship with another firm where there's another intake hero who can take the baton, so to speak, and that other firm can handle the contract
2: yeah I I think it's funny how much so many different industries relate, right I mean yeah. our our main, our main market, our main market, like we talked about athletes at the beginning, but I funny enough, our main market is more so the the corporate athletic athletic driven companies. We work with a lot of gyms mm-hmm. and it's a very similar concept. The funny thing with gyms is of course, they have a much lower price point. so they want to take on more people. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, look how many different types of people there are in the world when it comes to their micros and macros and their athletic ability uh, and what they want out of a trainer or what they want out of an an exercise machine or a class or a a program. And so really being able to work with uh, the gyms, it's a very similar concept. It's like, hey – why don't you, there's enough money to go around. Why don't you partner with this gym over here? If you're a smaller gym, you're not a franchise. Why don't you partner with this gym over here and offer offer that ability for you guys to somewhat share uh, resources in that perspective where one could be much more, um, maybe they're getting training for uh, more keto type stuff. And over here, it's much more uh, getting trained for, you know, people that want to be bodybuilders. And I think that, so what you're saying, I think should be utilized more. And, um, if the law firms are doing it, I think the other companies should be doing it. I think the other companies should be doing it too.
1: Yeah. 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 So one of the things that, some of our listeners are involved in is brick and mortar businesses. We have a few different, mm-hmm. shall we say, um, avatar sweet spots. One of which are the startups that are transitioning into revenue. Another are companies that are between 125 and 250 a year who are making the transition from being solopreneurial to being leveraged. Mm-hmm. And the third one are the bricks and mortar who want to sell globally in their local market. So as far as being a brick and mortar type outlet, what are some of the things that that type of that type of entity should focus on when it comes to their branding?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, uh, I think uh, if you're a brick and mortar, I think you need to focus on uh, your your internal experience. You have to start from the you, you no matter what. Uh, We're going to go back to what you said about I want to get to the end point and and you may have to remind me the end point of going from being local to going global because there's so much money in the world that I think that there's an uh, there's there's a situation going on there. I think that a lot of people that become entrepreneurs have the same pain as me where it's like I want to be seen and heard. So the first thing they think is we're going to make more money if we start, for instance, or a gym and we're going to start selling gear. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, that's great. Go ahead and do it. But just so you know, that's a whole different business avenue. And now you're going organic. So now your marketing expenses are probably going to have to shift from 10% to 20 because you're starting to focus on organically instead of locally. And the whole point of locally is you don't have to market as much. You just don't. Um you, you, so I would say the experience of your location. I mean, when it comes to our brick and mortars and who we work with, if we get somebody that comes in, we had, we had someone that come to us and this wasn't actually a prospect. This was a friend of mine. I'm not going to say their name there. There, this happened to their parent. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever where they're, you know, they were going to open a, they were going to open a, a, a putt golf. And I don't know if you know much about Arizona, but a lot of the outside skirts of Phoenix are, are a little bit, you know, drier and people. And so I've been there. <laughs> yeah. The Gilbert area, the Gilbert area specifically is it's, it's expanding, but you have to worry about, uh, you know, there's a lot of desert. And so this woman decided to say, Hey, I'm going to build a putt putt golf out here in the middle of nowhere, instead of right next to, um, uh, what's it called? What's that big, what's that big golf franchise? I, I off top the top golf. Of my head. Pop golf. Thank you. I, I don't know. I lost it. So, Top Golf, and I was like, she lasted three months. And it was like, that was the first business mistake that I saw that I'm like, oh man, like, oh, I'm going to lose competition to Top Golf. It's like, no, you're not. You're complimentary. You're a side vertical of Top Golf. This would have been perfect for you to get free traffic. So, first off, I say brick and mortars need to do is they new need to really uh, think about their location. And I get it. I get it. You know, sometimes you have to start smaller. You may not be a best location because of rent or whatever you're purchasing. But you know, always try to uh, think about the market around your specific area. And then I think number two, no matter what industry, and I think it, it it's tenfold for gyms because there's more people in the facility than like a lawyer, but you have to have good experience. You want your experience inside the gym or inside your location to match the experience outside the location. And so that's how I really push people away from the tangibles of, I just need a logo. I just need a website. It's like, no, you do need those things. Those are the tangibles. But what you really need to do is you just need to have your branding and your collateral and everything that you're putting out there in the world match who you are internally right? And so making Uh sure your team and your, your location really match what you're trying to do externally. And don't be afraid of thinking, oh, and and this is more specific to gyms, but I see it all the time is they're afraid, oh, if I, if if I start marketing online or throwing classes up online or throwing gear or whatever, then I may lose them as a client because now they're going to want to start working out at home. And it's like, no, 90% of people, Want to work away? Want to work out somewhere else? They want to go somewhere else. They want to have the experience because that experience is shows the value of the company. So, well
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, I may mean, I can tell you that uh, I don't want to work out at home. I mean, here you hear all these people that uh, buy exercise equipment and it becomes a very expensive coat hanger.
2: Yeah, that's there's me, there, I'm, there, one there, of, there, I'm one there, of them.
1: There's <laughs> there, there, there's a there's a reason for that. It's because you know, people who are highly into physical fitness, want to go to a place where that vibe exists. And that's just not at home. Yeah. Let's,
2: let's, let's take that perspective of an entrepreneur, right? I, I, I've heard plenty of business developers say this to me, your output's going to match the experience and where you are in in your location. Right. And so that goes back to the leadership and marketing. Um, You know, I work out at home. We, we don't have a brick and mortar yet ourselves, and we're, we're getting there where I'm getting ready to uh, look you know, you know how it is with commercial right now, but, uh, yeah. um, one of those situations where I, I have to move to different locations so that I can be a better leader. But when you think about that in terms of a, a, a customer, they want that same thing too. I mean, look at how many people try to work out from home and they're like, oh, like, well, I can do it's great for when I have the three kids and a babysitter or when they're all asleep. But if I want to take an hour away, I I need to go somewhere. I need to work on myself, you know? And so, um, same with, same with a lawyer, you know, how many, um, and this isn't a lawyer, but you know how many, um, account accounting firms have emailed me and said, Hey, we want to be your accounting firm. I'm like, you are the last type of company that I want to be emailing me to do business with because the trust factor has to be tenfold because you're handling my money. (laughs) So, Uh so it comes back to that experience. I would take that extra hour, go somewhere. So back to, back to what you were saying, focus on the experience. And then I think lastly, in what a lot of companies don't focus on is what we talked about is that community. I think that um, at the end of the day, there's enough people in the world, even in a small location. So make sure that you're uh, you're aligned with your internal values of the company, and that you're making sure you're fitting certain people. If you're a lawyer, for instance, you know you have a, a great you know under of course certain laws, you have a great opportunity to utilize the e algorithm and for for Google, for instance, and have different types of lawyers talk about different things. And that allows each one of their personalities and their services to come out from the organization standpoint, but that also allows the customer themselves to be like, oh, I really like Janet from this law firm, you know, I'm really, I really want to work with her, not, not the brand specifically, but the brand's part of it. Right. So, um, really working on, really working, working on that from a community, I think digital marketing has gotten to a point where it could go either two ways and right now unfortunately it's it's starting to go the way that I don't like which is it's becoming too transactional people are just thinking oh it's easy you know you can do this you can do that we just need a sale back to your lawyer example of of giving kudos to the uh the the people at the company that uh bring do the intake you know start focusing on digital marketing being more like that. I'm, I'm a very big component of uh, community building, especially for a small, a small organization is once you have your positioning down and you know who you're targeting to really allow your members to give, give you kudos, go out and get reviews, allow that to build your, your, your local SEO. And that's kind of what we really try to focus on because I look at I look at two things from an acquisition standpoint when it comes to a service-based business. Uh, I, I first I go and I look at my map. I say, Hey, what are the, what are the closest places to my house? So I don't have to drive 10 hours. If it's of course, like where I'm buying like a a spa or a large value-based product internally, I'll drive a little bit further. But when it comes to like, you know, And that goes tenfold, probably for lawyers. I'll drive across the city for a lawyer. But when it comes to like a smaller place, you're going to be going multiple times. You want something to be close to you. And so making sure that you're really just trying to, from a simple terminology, just trying to stand out in in your local market. And then two, it's that brand. If that customer service is on par and I look at, if I look at them on the map and I'm like, all right, this one's only a mile away. But uh, they have bad reviews. They 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 don't look like their 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 gym or their their space is doing too great. You know the lawyers don't really uh, be nice to their employees, and I'm not going to go there. I'll go to the one two miles away instead. I'll take that extra mile commitment because I know I feel like I can trust them more. And that in itself, that's what's going to build you sustainable quality leads and less churn rate on your clientele. Is just that trust factor. That's building a brand. That's building that's community building 101 is just positioning yourself and making sure that people are finding you through the efforts that you put out through your experiences. Um now if you're talking about organically uh going organically um honestly I would st- don't get ahead of the horse. You know, if you're a law firm for instance, maybe you decide, "Hey, we have a location here in Arizona" instead of going going worldwide. Maybe I'm going to build a location in LA or Seattle if my market is there and you just build a second location, um, around that. And you start doing it that way. Um, if you're a service and if you want to stay online, great, just know that you're going to be doing a lot more marketing and spending a lot more on the marketing efforts.
1: Right. So two uh, things that come up that are kind of related to uh, what you're saying here, uh, Go back to when I first moved to Las Vegas back in 2013. Now, when I made the move, I shipped, uh, I shipped like whatever possessions I was keeping ahead and I started driving from Pennsylvania on Tuesday. I arrived here Thursday night and then Friday morning I got the keys to the to the duplex i'd rented and then i arranged to have all the stuff i'd shipped ahead delivered to me and uh then i went to a furniture store to order new furniture uh i went to the grocery store and you know how it is when you first move in and your refrigerator is actually full yeah yeah so i had all that stuff put together and then uh we're getting to be we're getting to be about um I don't know about, uh, you know, it's like maybe eight 39 o'clock at night. And all I have in this apartment is a, um, is an inflatable mattress that I'd owned for 10 years, a folding chair. And I had shipped ahead the, uh, the television, the DVD player and, uh, some of my DVDs. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to inflate this mattress, uh, drop it in the drop it in one of the bedrooms and, uh, I do have some blankets for it, so I'll be good for the night. I'm gonna put the TV on the floor right next to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put in fittingly casino because what other movie do you watch your first night in Las Vegas?
2: <laughs> good one. So I'm I like la- so
1: I'm la- so I'm laying on my on my uh, on my inflatable mattress, and uh, and my travel companions were uh, were my my two new kittens who. Uh, uh, who I ended up adopting before I left Pennsylvania rather than my original plan, which was to adopt cats after I got here. So they traveled in the car with me for three days and they were they had spent the entire day scoping out the duplex, uh, laying claim to various pieces of it, uh, knowing there's gonna be a lot more of that once there's actually furniture in it. And uh, I'd had this mattress for 10 years. It had traveled with me so many different places. I'm laying on the mattress. I put the movie casino in. And by the time we get to the Robert De Niro character's in- introductory monologue, where he's talking about Las Vegas being the morality car wash, in fact, right about when he said morality car wash, I heard. You know what that meant?
2: I meant your cats needed the, the mattress, didn't they? Yeah, they needed it. All right.
1: <laughs> so now I'm thinking, all right, so tonight I'm sleeping on a hard floor. How much better does this get? Because my mind wasn't thinking, just go to Walmart and get another one. But in a way, it was because it probably would have destroyed that too. And plus, I just ordered a king size bed, so I uh, that was going to be coming the day after, the day after uh, tomorrow. So I, I mean, I could rough it for a night or two; it wouldn't be a big deal. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could really go for a cigar right now. Where's a good cigar lounge? So what I did is I went in the kitchen, and there was this big book with with yellow pages inside it. Yep. And so I, and so I and so I put that on the floor to use as a doorstop, pulled out my smartphone, opened up the mobile browser and typed cigar lounge 89128 let's go. 89128 was the zip code I was in and I added let's go just for kicks. Turned out there was one um a mile from me, so I went and hung out there, and that became uh, one of my regular places for about uh, maybe three or four years, but then that place changed, and I started going to another shop that was just a couple miles beyond that. Going back to your other point, for certain types of businesses, if the experience goes sour, you may go the extra mile, literally the extra mile, but you might not go a whole lot further than that, so when you think about your branding, think about why somebody would want to drive just one more mile for you when there's something a little bit closer.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And I and, and I'd put that thinking from a, a psychological counterpart back to what you said uh, a few minutes ago when you were like, "Oh, so many clients have these brick and as they want to expand globally." I rebranding or evolving as a person can go either two ways, right? I think that there's a lot of people there that, uh, that do, and there's nothing wrong with monetizing even more and being like, oh, we have to cut this. We have to restructure to do that. But at the end of the day, if your cigar bar really looked at it and said, hey, how can we position ourselves towards our audience and in, in, in who we care about, who contribute to? And that's the last pillar, right? Who do we contribute to that, that we feel like, are the people that we want to serve? Like, who do we serve the best? They probably would have kept you as a client.
1: That that uh, and that and that could that could be that could be the case. But you know what these places uh, and most cigar shops in Las Vegas have in common is they do have T-shirts with the logo on them, and uh, one of their and one of their uh, distributors uh, probably hooked them up with some uh, custom ashtrays with the with the shop's logo on it and things like that. Uh, those are nice little things, but they don't really make much money on that. They do get occasionally get people to buy the pullover and they get a little bit of exposure from people wearing the pullover. But uh, as far as their organic exposure, it comes a lot more from people going on Instagram, sitting in the shop, holding a cigar and tagging the place. Yeah, yeah.
2: Or just going on Google and and writing a review towards a, a good company, right? Right. Uh, being like, I love I love going here. I it, it's funny you say that because, you know, you always wonder why those big companies. You you hear about these big uh, tech moguls, for instance, like Mark Zuckerberg, and they're always joking about how he uh, he only wears like three or four plain shirts, and he's always like, oh, well, I just don't like. Same know, here. Yeah, yeah, I do the same thing now. And it's funny because people are like, aren't you a branding expert and you wear plain shirts? I'm like, why would I brand an- pay to brand another company? Like, especially when the shirts are these crappy crappy cotton long don't fit shirts uh i have a thing about promo promo stuff uh, i don't know what it is it could be cuz i have 3 kids now and it's like i have to throw things away on a constant basis but uh, yeah <laughs> but it, it, i i i don't like it i'm like why are you wasting your money this is not customer service this is not showing gratitude and i know it works i know it's a thing but like no like i'd rather Send that person an email or a gift basket, or just say, "Hey." For instance, if if you're uh, if if you're a lawyer, for instance, why don't you send them? Uh, here's a good one. Here's a good one because it brought back to your your uh, cat story. Uh, my my cat my cat have lived a long eighteen years. It was probably one of the hardest days of my life, but we had to put him down like uh-huh. you know, four months ago, and I got a letter from. The vet and the emergency room, just uh, all the signatures from everyone there. Just all the signatures. And to me, that is good branding. Like they didn't have to be like, here's a shirt for our our pet store. Here's a free gift. Here's a free gift certificate to buy some some pet food in the future. I'm like, I don't want that. I'll, I, I appreciate uh, just that you as another human being, you as another brand are looking. And you could say that's a small business thing, But it's – like I said, corporations can do the same thing no matter how big you are. All you have to do is know who your audience is and be like, how can we help this audience live better lives? It's really what it comes down to.
1: Agreed. Agreed. you know, it's and what I'm also thinking of is, you know, you go to the cigar shops and sometimes the reps from the various brands come in and they'll run specials and promos. And a lot of it comes down to um, buy five of our cigars and uh, get an ashtray or get a lighter. Now, an ashtray or a lighter, if you're an aficionado, it's always good to have a couple extra ones. People tend to like that stuff because because uh, when you have a lighter, you got to have three for when you lose the other two and an ashtray if you ever have some guys over and you want to sit outside well you're gonna need an ashtray for that yeah so those are good but uh sometimes what they'll also do is they'll want to foist things like golf shirts with their logo and such on it and um i remember this one time uh i i you know i bought i bought another special and i said you know what instead of the instead of the golf shirt I think this lighter is worth about the same amount. Can I just have two lighters? And the guy actually took the golf shirt and physically pressed it into my hand and said, here. Now, I don't have the physique where golf shirts look good on me. They actually, it's actually not recommended for somebody in my body type. I'm, I, I was never going to wear it. And not only that, it was white. Making it even worse <laughs> for my body type. I mean, uh, I mean, I've gone through image consulting. One of the first things that I got when they did the analysis: please don't wear white polo shirts. They they make you look even bigger than you are. So uh, that was just an example right there. It's like I don't want the damn shirt. And uh, and finally, I had to say. So you, I said, you know, I, I like your I like your products. Uh, you yourself, I know you're a nice guy and everything. But if you try and force me to take this polo shirt, you're just going to find it laying there when I leave. I don't want it. Give it to somebody who wants it.
2: And that's, there's three things there. Just three troubles I see right there. One, you just wasted a resource that could have been given to somebody else. Yeah. Two, you just tarn it. They just tarnished the brand. They just like, literally, literally they just tarnished it. And, a little and bit, it yeah. a, with a customer service, just one little customer service. So, I think it, it it comes down to this, and this is my biggest uh, uh, to uh, to speak family guy. You know, grinds my gears a little bit. Is that uh-huh. you know you have this you have this situation where so many why do so many people that are building a business say go right to and I mean we do it for a living, right? We do visual branding, we do all that stuff, but why do they focus on that tangible as the product when in reality it's like no, the brand is is you and the company and the people you bring in. The visual representation and those tangibles are just representations should just be an essence or a, a, a figure of the internal brand. But it, it drives me crazy how I see so many companies go straight to just give me a logo. Just throw me a website. Just give me that tangible. Let me uh, showcase to people because, I mean – you know off the top of your head just now you just stated it like the logo didn't make you leave the atmosphere of the uh, of the company and and the way they handle that promo material just totally like affected Yeah your- it's
1: like, it's like dude I, it's look, dude I just don't want the shirt it's not a big deal I mean and even if he said no I can't give you two lighters I said okay cool I'll take the one give the shirt to somebody else but man it was uh, it, it was like uh, it's like it seemed like they were really zeroing in on hoping i would wear that polo shirt around so people could see the logo Me- meanwhile they were more likely to get business when somebody and this is a very common question they say what kind of cigar do you like and so if i, I say yeah i like i like the jfr super tour Madura. i like the oliva i like the vsg uh these are these are brands that i enjoy and i'm going to tell people that that's and and what often happens there is uh, is the reason people are asking is because they're not sure what they want to get for themselves so I recommend something, and I'll say, yeah, I'll try that.
2: And yeah, that's that and that's
1: how these brands get more customers and get more mm-hmm. devotees.
2: Yeah, I think you just nailed it on the head right there. I think that, that people, uh, you know, community is people, right? And so at the end of the day, throwing a logo on a shirt isn't going to bring you more business. I think you just relate a good actionable result right there of – uh, and you know, I think we're both in marketing. So I think we both see it. The, one of the biggest things I, I hear people say when it comes to the branding side is they're like, well, we can't track branding. We can't track it. There's no numbers. There's no numbers to it. I'm like, actually, you just gave us a number right there. You just basically said, well, you lost me and I could have brought you know, trying to give me a shirt, um, cause of bad customer service. And I could have brought you two to three people it, even maybe tenfold because then those three people would have bought three more people Yeah, and so forth and so forth.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I just gave you a practical example of how viral marketing works based on reputation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's branding and building a community at its core.
1: Yeah, cert- certainly. I mean that would have gotten them a lot more business than some random person seeing me wearing the shirt with a logo. Cause I can tell you, I don't really wear logo clothing because I have not had a lot of people really ask, what does that logo mean? That, that's just not, that's just not a common conversation in my life.
2: It's not, it, it, it's, it's not for me either. And it comes back to that, even you, you, they offered you a free one, but it's even for me, I'm like, you know, nothing against these bigger brands. I still wear like, you know, the brands for like working out and for, you know, nice clothing in certain perspectives, but man, I'm. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, and I, me and me and my wife were pretty successful. Like we don't have to worry about you know how to pay that next bill or anything like that. But I'll still go to Goodwill and get a plain. sheet. I'm like, oh, this is a nice shirt. This is nice. I don't need to go out there and spend millions of dollars on not millions, but you know, hundreds of dollars on you know a shirt over here because I think that you know it's gonna match a logo. I'm like, why would I buy something? Like that matches yeah. somebody else. It, it, it uh, I, it, We could be biased at the end of the day. It could just be because we're in marketing and we see it,
1: but <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, like we, like we know what the logo is for. We know what the, uh we know what the end goal is.
2: Yeah. We know what the agenda, we know what the agenda is of selling that, that Nike free publicity. And there's nothing right. wrong with free publicity. And, and, and it, it is a sense of building community, but I'm more of a, I'm more of a, Hey, if you're going to sell a product. Make the packaging really good. Make it make it something like, "Hey, like even if you're a lawyer, for instance." And i, I don't really know off the top of my head because I don't work with too many lawyers how if they would ever handle any kind of packaging or any kind of product in that solution. But right. make make it where it's exciting. Make it where it's like I got a pair of gloves, for instance, and I was like, "Man, like." I, I see these gloves, they come in. And the first thing I think is, man, I'm going to go use these gloves right now. Oh, man, I'm going to go ride this bike right now. Uh-huh. That's going to build retention. Not not the whole like, hey, let's give them a shirt that they're probably going to use to wash their car. And uh, yeah, I that. know.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know where those uh, yeah, you know, where those uh, sometimes come into play is uh, when I'm moving or need to pack something. They They make really good packing material. Good packing material, and two, it's that shirt
2: that I keep in the back of the closet just in case, just in case all my clothes are dirty, and then I'm like, but and then but they never are, not so I like it just sits there and collects dust, and then finally, like five years later, they go to Goodwill, and those are the shirts I don't pick up.
1: Well, let's make it. Let's make this real simple. I mean, uh, you've told me over the you've told me over the course of our conversation that you're married, and you've uh, and you've been single before. Yes, I have. Okay, so when you were single you sometimes ran out of dirty clothes you ran out of clean clothes and you'd have to resort to that shirt
2: I, I i did i did my wife always makes fun of me because there's about two or three shirts in my closet right now uh-huh. that i still have I'm, I'm 38 now so she's like she's like you know you still have a shirt here from high school in, in your closet right and i have yeah. like two left and i'm like I, I like the shirts and they they grew with me
1: <laughs> yeah when okay when's the last time your wife lets you uh let you get to the point where you had to resort to those shirts
2: oh exactly I
1: mean, uh, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. uh so 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 again that would uh that would not even be relevant for you at this point
2: yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't uh-huh. i'll give them to my kids and i'm at the point now where i'm just like here you guys wear where this you you can be the brand ambassador for for not uh, i won't say nike but for like you know some of those smaller brands i'm like oh it's cold outside you can wear the shirt your, your yep. shirts are dirty
1: oh oh yeah yeah i mean another thing is uh you know going back to the cigars if it's a if it's a cold but not cold evening outside and i'm thinking that i want to go uh listen to a podcast or read a good book or a good audio book and sit on the balcony with my laptop or my tablet and have a stogie while i'm doing that i might need a couple extra layers i'm not going anywhere and i'm here alone literally anything will do yeah yeah so exactly. that that that's where that logo t-shirt might suddenly come into play but still nobody's gonna see it
2: yeah no one's gonna see it. another thing it's like for my wife for instance it turns into one of her night shirts she's like well, oh
1: yeah
2: <laughs> and but no one sees it but me but i'm not looking over there like yeah you know what the brand recognition of that that, that i'm gonna go buy yeah. that product
1: you know yeah we're it, yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah, okay we're a couple guys here and uh and you know our audience are or adults here so um you know you know how you know how it is when a when a woman loves a man she loves she loves to get into his clothing particularly the oversized shirts there's just something about that that makes her <laughs> that makes her feel bonded to him and i'm talking serious now and uh and when she wears that shirt for you that's an expression of her love and her devotion and her desire you're probably not desiring that brand of uh that that brand of laundry detergent that's on the, uh, on the patch next to the collar in that moment. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, and you're, you're not going to, you're not going to say, Hey honey, uh love this shirt. I just remembered we're out of tide. I got to run to the store.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you really want to look at it from a smart move and this goes back to, this goes back to, when it really would would matter if someone would do this, look at like w- one of those stores like fascination or something. And they're, they're selling products. Maybe they had their shirts out and they said for your wife's, for your wife's night shirt, because then you would start thinking about that because it relates to the brand and the the position that you're going after. You'd be like, Oh, I'm going to get more of these night shirts because for free now, because it, it, it relates to the situation.
1: That fascination. I just have to ask, cause I haven't heard of it. Is that like intimate products? Yeah. Yeah. See that right there. Is actually on course. Exactly. Because you're going to be thinking intimate products when you're in that situation. hmm hmm Yeah. And especially if uh, you, know, you and her are a little adventurous uh, and you may decide as part of your foreplay to uh, pull out the laptop and just peruse a little bit, what do you think is going to be the first thing you type into the Googles when you bing the Yahoo out of them?
2: Yeah. Fascination.
1: Fascination. Yeah because there yeah. are so many there are many brands out there but only one is fascination only one's on the shirt.
2: So, back to your back to your situation, back to your situation with the shirt and uh-huh. uh that situation. You're right. The the way they could have gotten you better is with the lighter because the lighter portrays to the cigar i mean i have a local cigar bar that we go to every once in a while with my friends when i have that you know hour i can get out of the house yeah and it's the same concept like i don't really use lighters anymore i don't keep them around the house but it's funny because when i go there that would be that the, when they do give free lighters that's what i would want you know right, right. So-
1: and right and we and we take this a step further um you know if i'm uh you know the fact is I'm going to be holding that lighter more often. So I'm going to get more exposure to the brand through that lighter.
2: Yeah. You're going to be holding onto it more. And most likely with like any lighter, it's probably going to switch hands like eight times in its life. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that 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 That's why I said lighters are good because you need one for when you lose the other two. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So we are actually at the uh, top of our time here. We could keep this going forever, but you have a gift for our audience. And I'm going to share that with them now. It's a, it's a download and it's going to help leaders. Um, I know you designed it for the gym space, but I believe pretty much anybody could use it. Um, And it's about determining where you are with branding in regards to building a community. Now there's a link to it. I'm going to uh, tell people to go to your website, which is at creative.com com. I'll spell that. C-R-E-A-T-I-T-I-V-E dot com. Now, when you get to the website, you want to go to the menu and go to the section that says Downloads. And you'll find the third item is the brand questionnaire. There's also a personal branding exercise and a webinar to watch. But your gift is the brand questionnaire. They can actually take up on all three gifts if they so choose. I'm going to give the direct link to the brand questionnaire in the notes for people who are watching this or listening just to scroll down and otherwise go to creative.com and discover how Zach Coleman's unique brand of branding can serve your business and help legacy brands build that competitive advantage. So with that, Zachary, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, like you said, that download is actually for for any type of company. But if you are a gym leader in the gym space, uh go to leave that mark.com and you can learn more about some of our services
1: uh through
2: the gym space.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Again, thank you, thank you so much, and you have yourself a great day. Thank you, you too.
0: We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show.